With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so today is July 24th, 2015, and I want to very much welcome you to your first class of 10. I absolutely love teaching this course. And, you know, the students that show up, Andy, as we discussed prior, um, you know, you guys are ready. You're always ready. A lot of people talk about taking animal communication classes or a course like this, and they talk and talk and talk, but never actually follow through with the action. And well done. You're in the most perfect place for you because you've shown up, which means you are ready. So yay. Cool. All right, so we're going to start out with just a very quick three-minute guided meditation. It's very important when doing this sort of work that you come from a space of being centered and grounded. So that's the purpose of this guided meditation. So let's both of us just go ahead and take a deep breath and go ahead and close our eyes. And as we exhale, I want you to be conscious of the muscles in your body. As you inhale and exhale, just allow your muscles to relax. Give them permission to relax. Because what I've discovered over the years is when we can relax our physical body, then our body relaxes, our emotions relax, our mental state, our mind relaxes, and that's key right there. Because when we can relax our mind, our thoughts tend to slow up or sometimes even completely cease for a period of time. And that allows us to open to our intuitive abilities because the mind isn't sitting there chattering away at us, interfering with our connection. So as we deep breathe, I want you to become aware of your own energy that radiates from the center part of your body. Some people feel their own energy as being like an aliveness or a force. You know, people have labels for the soul or spirit or just energy field. Uh, It doesn't really matter what the label is, but I want you to become conscious now for a few seconds of silence of your own inner being's energy. And I want you to invite some of that energy to radiate down through your feet, entering the floorboards of your home, into the ground, into the earth, past waterways and crystal caverns until the energy, like tendrils of beautiful light, reaches around the core of the earth and wraps around. By gently tethering ourselves to the earth, it helps remind us that being present, in other words, being in the here and now, not being in the past, not being in the future, is the space we want to be at. Nine times out of ten, animals are definitely in the present moment. They can certainly think about the past or worry about the future, just like humans can go in either direction as well. However, in the present is where they have the greatest awareness of what's going on around them. Animals in the wild are great examples of that. They're aware of predators or prey, whichever position they happen to be in. They're aware of earth changes, earthquakes, tsunamis, things along those lines. We humans tend to be thinking often about the past 
or about the future and not always spending time in the present, which is why we're not always as actively aware as the wild animals especially are. So we want to help retrain ourselves, if you will, during the animal communication to be in the present moment, because in reality, the past is already over and done with. It doesn't exist anymore, and the future has yet to be, so that doesn't exist. And bringing your mental thoughts or worrying about the future takes you away or distracts you from the present moment of sensing, feeling, and being aware to receive anything and everything that the present moment has for you, whether it be coming from an animal or the tree that's talking to you or intuitive guidance from a higher source. So being in the present is so where it's at. So with another deep breath, just make it your intention, as feels right for you, to stay connected to the earth as a reminder that we are in connection with the oneness of everything. And you can open up your eyes. Excellent. So, Andy, guided meditation mm-hmm. sometimes serves students when they're first beginning this work, and I like to expose you to that. So if it really feels like, wow, you know, that's a really worthwhile activity for me, and you know yourself best whether it is or not, if that really stills you, stills your mind, helps you move in the right direction to be in the space to communicate, then I would encourage you to use that anytime you're working with a practice animal, whether it be on the call or even off the call when you're doing your own practice or before you do the, the homework okay, option that I have for you online. All right. Do you have any questions so far? Nope, not yet. Excellent. And have you done guided meditations before? Yes, yeah, for years. Okay, excellent. So you're very comfortable with them. Yeah. All right. Then let's go ahead and move right on to the pointers handout. So this is the one I attached via email. You may or may not have chosen mm-hmm. to print it out. Either was fine. Yeah. But I am going to go over this. Um, I'm going to stop after each number, and I'm going to add in what I've discovered is very helpful to students over the years. So if you mm-hmm. do happen to have pen and paper uh, in front of you, go ahead and jot down whatever feels right to do so. You'll also get the recording, though. All right, so pointers to enhance interspecies telepathic communication. Um, This came about from Penelope Smith. It's also found in her book, Animal Talk, because back in the 1970s when she was teaching this course, since she had been always communicating with animals since day one as a young girl, she didn't quite realize that all the other humans out there who had an affinity for animals lacked the innate knowledge or knowingness that she had, which is covered in these pointers. She just kind of thought all people were starting at the same foundational level of knowing what they know about energy and about animals, at least in the most basic sense. And she said that teaching those first few classes was like really pushing through mud because the students just didn't have that background. So she ended up channeling this material and this is the foundation that she has since started all classes with. And I have pulled some of the material from that lesson plan, including this, because it's so vital for students to know. So number one, more than any other factor, your attitude towards animals influences how receptive you are to their communication and how willing they are to communicate to you. Respect and revere animals as fellow beings, different in physical form than you, but of the same spiritual essence and potential. If you approach animals with condescension, thinking they are inferior in intelligence, awareness, or substandard in any way, you limit your ability to perceive and understand them as they truly are. 
As you increasingly see and treat them as fellow intelligent beings, you allow them to express themselves more deeply and fully to you, and your relationship develops, matures, elevates, and expands. Focusing only on the biological aspect of an animal, while fascinating and wondrous in itself, can place you in the ruts of conventional notions and inhibit true seeing of the spiritual essence and wisdom behind the physical form. Admiring an animal's spiritual qualities, such as sincerity, trust, love, devotion, appreciation, loyalty, empathy, kindness, honor, honesty, patience, integrity, humility, joy, unselfishness, and wisdom, will help to transform your whole relationship, enhancing the two-way communication and understanding between you. Be humble and receptive and allow animals to teach you. So my thoughts here are it's really important when talking to an animal to let go of preconceived notions, such as all thoroughbred horses are this way, all German shepherds and Wattweilers and pit bulls are that way, all Siamese cats are talkers, Okay? Because if we enter a communication session with some point of view that maybe we gleaned from society or from you know, an authority figure, you know, the news, the public, etc., or even a parent, then we can create what's called a block in receiving accurate information from that particular thoroughbred horse that we're talking to because we have beliefs or ideas that we've bought into over the years that has become conditioning for us that we just assume you know, is true for that animal. And we don't always realize we have those in place, but as you start practicing with a slew of different animals of different species, you will probably discover, which is common for many students in the beginning, that some animals are easier to talk to than others. And those that are more challenging, perhaps, to talk to, it's not because there's anything going on on the animals end, typically. It's typically because there's some belief or idea that you may hold if not consciously, subconsciously, you know, um, I'll give you a great example. A lot of people have hang-ups with snakes, bats. A lot of women have hang-ups with mice and rats, okay? Um, we've heard that over the years, okay, and why is that? Because we've bought into different beliefs or maybe we had experience in another lifetime, you know, the rat plague, and, you know, we just had experiences. And my best advice to you is do your best and make it your intention anytime you talk with an animal, to enter as a blank slate, to be so neutral that you can say to yourself, you know, I'm going to pretend I know absolutely nothing about this rat or this snake or this pit bull. I know nothing. This pit bull, it's just a dog. That snake, it's just a being. Okay? Um, And from that space, you'll be able to evade your block, work around it, or the block will become pretty clear for you to identify and then shift out of. And... This is a spiritual journey, okay? A lot of people look at, oh, I'm just talking with animals. No, it's bigger than that. You're communicating with them from the spiritual essence of who you are. That's where your desire comes from. So when we acknowledge them as spiritual beings and we look beyond the cliches and the labels that society has given them, then we're going to receive accurate information. And that's big to know. Other thought here, you want to let go of what you see animals doing with their behavior, Okay, one of the easiest ways of doing that is working with your eyes closed. And since we're working by phone, this is going to be advantageous for you because you'll be given photos today and throughout the weeks ahead where you'll be communicating with an animal through a photograph. So, you know, you're not watching their body language. 
body language can throw an animal communicator because if you're working with your eyes open and watching that you know cat roll around on the ground in front of you as you're doing an in-person session with somebody and you try to assume that the cat's thinking in that moment is based on its behavior then you're going to get in your own way because nine times out of ten animals are just like us if we're doing an activity oftentimes our mind is thinking about something else if we're doing dishes at the sink we're probably not spending the next 20 minutes thinking only about washing those dishes. Our mind is on the past. It's on dinner, you know, for company this following weekend. It's kind of all over the place. That can happen for animals, too. Now, animals tend to be in the present moment. So when they're in the present moment, if they're not thinking about the past or the future, they may be having a few thoughts, you know, about the present moment, but generally they're going to be pretty much in silence if they're calm and relaxed. They'll be munching, that horse will be munching its hay in silence. So people will ask you, hey, what's that horse saying right now as it's sitting there munching grass? Oftentimes I get that question. It's like I tune in. It's like, you know what? They're so physically relaxed. They're enjoying the moment. They're so in the present. They're not having thoughts. They're not even having the thought of, I'm enjoying this grass. This tastes so good. Mm-hmm. Okay, they don't do that commentary to themselves like the human mind does. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right, I do have two. a question, though. Oh, go um, right ahead. Be, okay, because I've read a few different books, and mm-hmm. some of them, uh, I read her book, and then I read another one who comes from a whole different other point that it doesn't matter what they're doing because you're contacting their higher self. Um, yeah, or you know, I've heard that too. Um, uh-huh. You know, I look at like I could look at a being as whole instead of mm-hmm. separating out higher self to lower self to middle self to all those, you know, so many people mm-hmm. have different labels of the breakdown. Um, you know, it's, it's your perspective, of course. You know, we all have an awareness in a slightly different, unique way. So, you know, I mm-hmm. wouldn't say that one is wrong and one is right. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, we're whole beings. So I would offer you my point of view, and you can find, you know, whatever point of view feels right for you, is when you're communicating with the animals, you know, really don't worry about higher self. If there's some bit of information that you're wanting from an animal um, that they can't offer you, maybe go to the divine, go to the universe for that. Mm -hmm. Okay, go to, you know, just the higher intelligence, God, whatever you prefer to call it. Um, You can aspect, and there's been times in the past I have gone to the higher self, and then, you know, over the years it was like, you know, that just doesn't resonate for me anymore. So do what resonates for you, Andy, is what I would suggest. And do know that as you continue on the spiritual journey, you're going to be adding new tools to your toolbox and letting things go. Guided meditations for me is something I no longer do for myself prior to a session with a client. I don't need it anymore. But there's some people out there that do, and that's huge. And there was a time when that ritual was extremely important to get me to the headspace where I needed to be to communicate. So do what works for you and let go of that which doesn't. Okay. Okay. All Mm -hmm. right. Number two, so believe in your own intuitive ability to give and receive telepathic communication. Don't invalidate your perception of impressions, images, or messages in any form. So, yeah, I personally believe that we're all born with this. It's just simply another intuitive language. Penelope Smith has a really interesting um, perspective, too. She points out that, you know, all animals, including humans, have their own human-to-human language. We talk out loud. That's our language. Dogs have body language and barking and growling and facial expressions. That's dog-to-dog language. And horses have horse-to-horse. And so each culture, if you will, has its own unique language. And then on top of all that is the universal language 
of animal communication, the universal language of telepathy. I'll call it telepathy instead. Telepathy is that sending and receiving of telepathic information over a distance, which is why that horse can talk to that dog and that dog can talk to us. We're not talking in dog-to-dog culture language. We we might pick some of that up and ask them questions. Hey, why are you growling at that other dog? I see your body language doing that. But we're talking via the universal language, which is, from my experience and understanding, the language that exists whether you have a body or you don't have a body, which is why communicating with animals who are deceased is just as easy as ones that have bodies because we're all tapping into the universal language. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So when we practice today and in the days ahead, what I've discovered over the years is the students that are willing to step outside their comfort zone in order to relay whatever intuitive impressions they receive or feel they're receiving from the animal so that I can give confirmation and feedback are the students that go furthest and quickest actually in doing this work. When we're, when we're young children, we tend to be very brave, <laughs> and um, there's actually been studies where there's a chemical that's released in our bodies up until the age of about being um, a teenager to the early 20s, that once that chemical kicks in, a lot of our, our fears can come up. Um, back in the wartime days when the fear chemical used to come into the body, or not the chemical, but the, the lacks of... Um, the removal, I guess, of the chemical that prevents fear. Uh, then the, the airline or the, um, the flight pilots in the world wars would become very skittish and they would tend to pull those pilots out because now they're no longer in non-fear mode. That's why a lot of young people are desirable in the Army because they're still in that, you know, children have no fear kind of phase. If you hear that, if you've heard that, well, we're working um, together as adults, which means you might have some doubt some uncertainty uh, that comes up. And in the beginning, it's so easy to talk that exists and to say to ourselves as beginning students, oh, I won't let that stop me. But then in the moment when we're faced with, huh, you know, I got this piece of information from an animal and I can't understand how it makes sense. It's only a tiny piece or a color or a word. I certainly don't have a lot. So when Danielle asks, hey, what'd you get? Whatever into an impression did you get? If I'm unwilling as the beginning student to really anything and everything, no matter how big or small the piece was, then you're getting in your own way. So I want you to give yourself permission to say anything and everything and that know that it's my job as your teacher to guide you in seeing that this is accurate and this is inaccurate because we actually need both experiences of accurate and inaccurate in order to, over time, help you develop your sensitivity to knowing what is truly coming from the animals and what's coming from your own mind, which would be inaccurate stuff. So that's how you get past the, hmm, do I know it's coming from me or another animal? You've got to be willing to step outside your comfort zone and have enough experiences of both accurate and inaccurate to develop that sensitivity. It's par for the course, and it's quite Mm -hmm. common and normal to experience. Um, So, yeah, yeah, and that's that's really huge. (laughs) All right, number three, be ready, receptive, mentally quiet, and alert. Because if your mind is busy, full of thoughts and background static, you can't listen and receive. To get to the state may take considerable practice and changes in lifestyle. Avoid substances and environmental conditions that dull the mind or make it too agitated. Adopt habits that reduce stress and increase calmness, like balanced food, exercise, rest, yoga, meditation, spending quiet time with your animal friends, and out in nature. Now, for this one, Andy, I would just suggest to you, you know what brings you nurturing 
and calmness and relaxation. It may be some of those listed examples, and it may be something completely different. But I would encourage you from here on out, if you want to really help yourself in an everyday taking action kind of fashion that will indirectly and directly help you with the AC work, AC I'll use over and over, it stands for animal communication in my world, is you want to do what helps you to slow your pace throughout the day. So if you're walking into the store from your car, be conscious of every step you take upon Mother Earth. Feel the Earth lifting you up as you put your foot down on her. Be conscious of what people are doing around you, and that may involve looking around, but keeping your thoughts still so that you're just observing. You're not being the commentator. It's very interesting. There is a gentleman named Matt Kahn, K-A-H-N. He has amazing YouTube videos on there. And one of the things that I found wows was huge when he said this. He says your mind basically is a narrator or commentator, and it comments on everything based on past experiences it's had. So it might, you might want to do a new activity you've never done, for example. You know, I don't know, go-kart racing, for example. Maybe you've never done it at this age. And your mind may say, oh, I'm too old for that. Oh, you know, only children do that. Oh, I might get hurt. You know, that's all commentary that's pulled from past experiences. Your mind is not in the present moment. Your mind's a wonderful tool, and there's a time and a place for it. But when we want to be in the present moment with the animal, then we need to be willing to kind of put our mind up on the shelf and say, oh, yep, thank you for commenting. I'm not going to beat myself up for it or tell you no or reject you or resist you. I'm just going to, you know, kind of acknowledge you. Yep, you're there. Put you up on the shelf, and I'll come get you later. Right now I'm communicating with the animals, so I'm going to do my best to stay in the present. Now, next question, how do you stay in the present? One of the easiest ways is twofold. It's as simple as taking a deep breath, and bringing your awareness to the center part of your body. If you feel your own energy like we did in that beginning exercise within your body, that immediately centers you. Why? Because you can't be focusing on something else and focusing on your own internal energy at the same time. You can be in one place or the other. So if you feel your own energy for a couple seconds, you are not centered. Yeah. Okay? So you can feel Mm -hmm. that. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh Yeah, great. A lot of people think that when they're doing animal communication work, they ask the animal a question, and then they have to reach for the answer. In reality, it's much simpler than that. The trick, if you will, is to ask the question with your sure, your mental thoughts, and then go back to sitting in your center as if you were sitting on a chair just waiting for it to arrive because that's really how it comes in. It arrives to you. You don't have to reach out. You don't have to extend any effort. You ask and receive. You ask and you receive. You just sit and wait for it to bubble up or arrive. Very important to know. No reaching is required. If you reach, it's because your mind is searching. And if your mind is searching, your mind is involved and you're no longer present. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And I find that it comes into a different part of my brain. You know, whether it be a knowing or I hear a thought or whatever, it's not like a normal type of when I'm hearing you now. It just feels like I know I can tell the difference because it's it's coming from a it feels like it's coming from a different place. Excellent. Which you know what I mean? You, yes, I do. And because you oh, were okay. telling me that, even at this early stage of our our, our okay. work together, that tells me you can okay. sense energy. Sensing okay. energy is huge in doing this work. Okay. That well done. So see, you're already set up <laughs> to do this. Yeah, and, but yet the funny thing is, is 
I can communicate well, but I'm having trouble with the hearing part, which is odd yeah. because in my, all my past work, that was one of my things was always clear audience. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> gotcha. Well, let me point out yeah. then to you that that's, there's a good good part there. You are already 50% to the, towards the direction of communicating with animals. That 50% uh-huh. is being a clear speaker to them. The other 50% uh-huh. is listening. So we're not starting from square one with you, Andy, at zero. Uh-huh. We are 50% of the way there. So, <laughs> you know, if you, sometimes you have to reframe things. <laughs> so, okay. Yay. Okay. All right. So um, are you, do you feel comfortable with the ideas of ways you can nurture yourself and slow down your pace in life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lot of those things already. Yes. Okay, excellent. So yeah. let's go to four yeah. then. Okay. So cultivate flexibility a willingness to learn from all beings and to change your ideas. Watch for judgments and preconceptions that limit receptivity to what the animal is really communicating. Be open to surprises, the unexpected. Let go of conventional notions of human-animal communication. Be ready for animals to communicate and question them on any level, from what food they like to what they can teach you to improve your life to what they consider the most profound truths. Um, so just the, the easy point here is know that you can talk with them on any topic, no matter how complex you've decided a topic is or how simple it is. Animals do not get bored with simple questions, generally. Okay? You can ask them, hey, how do you like your food? Okay? How, how, course, how do you feel about eating the same hay every single day? <laughs> okay? If you ask the person that, how do you feel about eating the same food every day, you know, they're probably going to have a different answer. But animals are different, so check in to see where they're at. When we place assumptions because of how we feel about this or that onto the animals, that too will color the communication that you receive back from them. You may not actually get all of what they accurately send. You might get pieces of it. You might even get most of it, but you may um, omit. It's like your mind creates this uh, barrier, if you will, that just doesn't allow through that which doesn't fit your belief system or your own point of view. you know, honestly, the, the easiest way of getting past that is just knowing it's going to happen. And oftentimes it will happen in those moments when, when you give information to an owner and the owner says, you know, this, my animal does this, but they don't do that. And when the person says, but they don't do that, that's when you need to think to yourself, aha, this is a learning opportunity for me. Why, didn't, why did I get this but not that? Or why did I get this, one, this bit of information skewed when in reality the animal doesn't do that at all? That's because there's something within you that probably has a, a preconceived notion that maybe was, unso- that was subconscious that you didn't know about. So don't down yourself for those. It's par for the course. And, Andy, to this day, mm-hmm. I'm still... Uh, shifting out of stuff that I didn't even know was a block for me. You tend to move through them very quickly, very, very quickly when you're a beginning student. And then as you continue to advance, I mean, I've been doing this work for nine years now, as you continue to move on, I mean, it's always an unfolding process. Even Penelope Smith to this day, uh, she says, you know, I I don't know everything. Uh, You know, I'm still learning new things that the animals are telling me and new ways of doing this or that. She says, I'm very, very skilled, and yet I'm continuing to get more and more skilled over time. So there is no end goal here. Mm-hmm. Okay, and don't think that there is one, you know, learning out communication. You're always going to be right. learning it, just like I'm always going to be learning it. Okay. So let the pressure yeah. off yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So other thought here, animal size and intelligence has no correlation. Sometimes people think, oh, I want to talk to the horse or the dolphin or the monkey because they're going to have a lot more to say or be more intelligent than the ant or the bumblebee. 
for the hamsters. <laughs> yeah. I've been talking to yellow jackets. <laughs> oh, excellent. Well, then you know that's definitely not true. <laughs> okay, yeah, they all have their own wisdom. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, what they say varies. You know, you're probably not going to want to talk with a horse about money because they may not have an awful lot of wisdom for you on that topic. But if you talk to them about being together as a herd and herd leaders and who's not the herd leader and why some horses are chosen to be leaders and some are not by the entire group, you're going to learn a wealth of information. All right, number five. Do you have any questions? Yeah, you said something I might need you to go back to. If if I come up with something that isn't true, mm-hmm. it means that it's something within me that I preconceived. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, it uh, may be. More, more than likely it will be, okay? Okay. Um, the other component mm. of that is it could be you just misunderstood or you misheard okay. the animal. That's possible, too, because think about it. We humans, we're conversing back and forth out loud in our own language, and we often, well, not often, but now and then we misunderstand what each other is saying. Okay, okay so but who is telling me that it's not right? The animal is saying, no, that's not right, or the human connected oh, to the, the animal? Oh, the human would be offering you feedback on what you're relaying to them. So, yeah, you're okay. going to get confirmation and feedback from the owner. And the owner knows the animals very, very well. Now, that doesn't mean the owner knows everything about them. And sometimes owners misunderstand what you're trying to communicate. And, you know, I, I've had people say, Uh, Case example, the dog had told me once that he loved the smiling girl who gave him frozen treats. Now, the owners could not make heads or tails of that information at all. They They didn't have any children. They didn't know anything about this. A week later, they email me, and, you know, they say, oh, my God, we know who the smiling girl is. We go through McDonald's, the, the drive through all the time. We bring our dog, and we always get, give him a lick of our ice cream. And nine times uh-huh. out of ten, because of the time of day we go, we have the same girl at the window. Uh-huh. So okay. there's going to be times humans aren't going to, they're going to say, no, no, that's not right, doesn't make sense. And later on, in retrospect, it does. So what I'm trying to say is don't get too uptight with yourself regarding, oh, uh-huh. I got that wrong, I missed that. Not necessarily. There's some okay, things about an, our animals that our owners don't even know, too. Okay, okay. right, because that's what I'm thinking. If you're getting a premonition or if the animal's telling you something, the animal, the, the, the person doesn't know. Say they're not feeling well and they yeah. haven't pinpointed it, you know, you know what I mean? Like just something other than, than just, you know, what kind of food does the animal eat? type of thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so there's a variety of different things why okay. it may appear in that moment that the reason or what you're saying is wrong or inaccurate. It may okay. or may not be. But those are things to keep okay. in the back of your head. Okay. All right. Okay. So number five. Oh, was that the final uh, or the yeah. final yeah. of your question? Okay. No, no, that's fine. Peaceful. Yeah. So here, having an emotional investment in what animals say to you or how they should be can influence what you receive. If you require that animals like you or be affectionate before you can communicate with them, this can disturb them, block their true feelings or ideas, or cloud your receptiveness to them. In working with improving your two-way communication with animals, don't flood animals with emotion, whether it's love, fear, sadness, or anger, because if you are putting out strong emotion, you are generally not receptive to anything else, and you will get back only your own emotion or the animal's response to it. Okay, so this is important to know. This is why I say we want to go into every communication session as a clean slate. We want to be in the the space of neutrality, neutral. No point of view, no agenda, no love, no anger, no upset, no sadness. 
because from the space of neutrality, you are in an emotional state of peace. And when you are in emotional peace within you, you can hear just about anything and everything the animal has to say. You're not creating blocks for yourself. You're bypassing subconscious stuff that may, you may have that may come up, but if you stay in neutrality and peace and be like, you know what, let's just see what they say to this. You know, you, you know, if you enter that space, you are going to get what they truly say. Now, mm-hmm. you had mentioned to me about your, you were having trouble, you know, tuning in regarding your sister's dog situation, and that makes complete sense. That is a tough situation for a beginner, you know, especially you, because you very much care for your sister. And okay. there's a Wait, lot of, I must have... I must have miscommunicated. It wasn't my sister. It was the person that wrote me, her sister. Oh, okay. Then I, so, I might yeah. have the email. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Um, yeah, but, but I will say that I am, with... yeah, I'm empathic. So I, right away, the first thing I picked up was is pain of that poor animal that however, whatever they did to him. So that in itself is a block for me. Okay. You follow what I'm okay. saying? Yeah. I do. So good yeah. to acknowledge that. You know, when blocks come up for me, Andy, I don't yeah. fight them. I say, oh, yeah. got it. I've got some information, and I've got a block that's coming up from me because I'm in resistance to what I'm sensing from the animal. Okay? And uh-huh. that stops me in my tracks. When and if you encounter that again, here's how you can circumvent that, or at least uh-huh. practice circumventing, and eventually it will shift and it will get easier to move around. Take deep breaths, go back to the core, and you can put your hand on your heart, you know, and say to yourself, I love you. And you're saying, I love me. Because if you are willing to love yourself through any emotional, emotional turmoil or upset or block, then you're basically telling yourself, you know what, even if I have this block for a short period of time, temporary period of time, or for my entire life, I still, despite all that, I still love me. And you will discover that as you keep saying, I love you, I love you, I love you repeatedly to yourself, that that as you sense that block, as you sense that pain from the animal, it will start to shift away for you, and you'll then be able to go forward in the communication and gather more information. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I want to point out here, there's a time and a place for us to love our animals, and doing a communication session and sending love to them if you're wanting to communicate with them, that's not the time and place for it because they'll often send you love back. Oh, my person loves me. I love them back. Or you know, they'll say, oh, I love it when you, you know, give you verbal information because you're saying yeah. that. They're reacting to your love. So neutrality will let you see it all. Not only that, when you're sending out love or you're, you're upset, not a great time to communicate with your cat who just peed on the rug when you're upset because you are doing, doing, doing something. And we humans are fabulous doers. But we're not so much fabulous beers. When we are beers or being, then we're in a state of conscious presence. That's where we need to communicate from. Otherwise, trying to drudge through the doing, doing, doing and get communication in between those gaps of moments when you're not doing, which are so minuscule during that time of doing that you don't even always realize you're actually having those minuscule breaks for yourself, um, it's like going through mud. It's very difficult to learn communication or to practice. You know, my animals, they are wonderful at being in harmony, but every now and then they do things that irks me. I'm a human being, and I've got my own stuff that comes up now and then when they do something. You know, so if I have a cat who just 
spooked another as one cat was coming out of the litter pan. If I'm angry, I do check in with my emotional state before I communicate with them. If I'm in a state of anger or frustration or agitation or irritation, I will typically stand there, take a few deep breaths until I feel it start to lighten and dissipate enough where I can feel myself centered. And then I'll ask the cat, hey, why'd you do that? Okay, here's why I don't want you doing that. And, you know, next time I see you potentially doing that, here's what I'm going to do instead. I'm going to move you away, flush you away, because that's unkind. We don't do that here. Okay. I enter my conversation after I'm in the right space. Okay. Okay? Yeah, yeah. I got, oh. I got to learn that with Jane, because <laughs> I get angry, and, I, and then I, you know, I yell at her. <laughs> so, yep, yeah. yep, and and that's our reaction. Yeah. And you know, I've yelled at my yeah. animals too before entering that quiet space. So none of us are yeah. perfect. We're all on our journeys here. But do um, you know, five minutes later, yeah. when you're <laughs> more clear, oh, your of course, you, oh, you yeah. can say to yourself, you know what? That was an opportunity for me to be peaceful. Yeah. Let me hear, and it will eventually shift for you. Okay, so yeah. one of my cats, when you pet her, and she's in a certain. She feels a little bit constricted wherever she's sitting or like, you know, there's something to her back. She can't move away, run away or whatever. Um, She will sometimes occasionally lash out or even bite me. And it doesn't happen very often anymore. But the last time she did that, it was amazing for me to discover that she lashed out. She scratched me and I did bleed. Um, And yet I was in no reaction mode. I was in a space of peace. And I was actually flabbergasted that I was there. I was very pleased with myself. So I want you to know that as you do more of this work over time, it repatterns you. Your vibration shifts and changes, and things become easier for you. So don't feel like you've got to change yourself. You're naturally going to change. Okay? Good. That's good. (laughs) That's nice to hear. It is, because people think they always got to work on themselves, work on themselves, and that's not always true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number six, so you want to be alert and calm. You don't want to force the communication or try too hard. Notice your body posture and tension, leaning forward over the animal, straining your forehead or facial muscles, breathing shallowly, tightening hands, manipulating or controlling the animal. Those are things you don't want to do. Instead, shift into the receptive mode. Lean back, open your chest and hands, breathe slowly and deeply, relax and listen. How we have our bodies physically in space can influence how easy we receive communication from an animal. People don't realize that our bodies are one of our greatest instruments. They're like, they help us because we, choose, we happen to have a body right now. We've chosen to incarnate. So let our bodies, which are present all the time. Now, our minds aren't always present, but our bodies are. Let our bodies help guide us to presence by taking those deep breaths, feeling our energy within our body, and then allow our bodies to physically relax in whatever standing or sitting way, reclining way that you need to. Because when your body relaxes, your energy relaxes. When your energy relaxes, your mind relaxes. It just, all, it just happens naturally. And when your mind relaxes, you, it's easier to access a state of presence because you're right there. It's sitting there waiting for you, inviting you in. And it makes communication so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the things a lot of the books that we've I've read um, in animal communication really miss out on emphasizing. Ha, you know, people will be at, I've seen them in videos on YouTube.com, they will be mm-hmm. in classes and you'll see people sitting in a variety of ways and some of them are leaning forward or they look like they're straining their forehead and they're trying real hard, they're focusing. Mm-hmm. 
okay, you don't want to do that. <laughs> because you've got your body in a flight or fight sometimes mode, and it's trying, 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 and you, oh, my gosh. So no, no need. Relax. And, and just, you don't want to get so relaxed that you're going to fall asleep, though. <laughs> so stay alert, relax, which is one of the reasons mm-hmm. why I asked you in the beginning. I want to work with you during a time of day when your body is alert and relaxed, when your body's alert and you're not tired. You know, okay. I tend not to do sessions past 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time because for me, it's harder work. I can do it. I've gotten calls from my sister and family members at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning when something big is going on for that animal. And can you do work then when you're tired? Yeah, you can, but it's a lot harder work. Um, so set yourself up for success and do what feels right for you. Mm. Okay. All right. Any questions? Nope. No. Good. All right. Seven. Let communication assume its own form, whether it's feelings, images, impressions, thoughts, verbal images, sounds, other sensations, or simply knowing. Okay, so what I read that right there, Andy, if you wanted to star or underline that, that's all the many common ways that people receive intuitive impressions. Um, and they can come through in pieces or, you know, even lengths. You know, people are like, oh, if I receive a sound from an animal, I'm probably going to get a snippet. That's a lesser bit of receiving versus if they just told me about their story. And I want to say to people that's not necessarily so because some of us humans uh, have channels wider open in the sound category or in the visual category and receiving pictures in our mind's eye or even in, yeah, the verbal thought process, you know, receiving thoughts from the animals. And you want to not judge that process. In the beginning, students tend to have one to two channels that are widest open. Okay, I used to receive a lot of pictures and a lot of words in the beginning, but I couldn't get for the life of me intuitive smell or intuitive taste or feelings. Okay, emotions and physical sensations in my body eluded me for probably a good year or so before they started, after I did a lot of this practice, a lot of this work started to open up for me. And other people have different ones that are more wider open. And, you know, there is no better or lesser than. And people sometimes go to judgment at this point, which is why I want to stop you in advance of not doing that (laughs) to yourself. If you say pictures are better, I get pictures. That's great. But I really want words. Um, Just be open to however you're receiving now and know that, as you continue to practice, you pattern yourself and your body and your energy field will naturally shift and change and over time start to open up those other channels so you can access them too. The cool thing about receiving communication from an animal is that when you get communication from them, you're actually sensing the energy of the idea or concept that they are sending you. That idea or concept can be translated in any mode of open channel. That idea or concept can come through via sound that you might hear or feelings in your body. You might get a sense of knowing. You know, I, can't, I don't know how I know this, but this is what it feels like to me, and you might be able to relay that. Every concept can be expressed in any mode. Okay? Important for you to know that. Do you have questions on that? No, that's a good one. Okay. Now, you had mentioned before, tell me right now, um, what open channels do you think are more widely open based on how you've been receiving over the years? Um, again, either I hear words or, I'll, um, it's, or it's just a knowing in my brain. Um, okay. Uh, you okay. know what I mean? Just, it's, I guess a, a thought or something mm-hmm. just comes um, like an answer. Yeah, it just pops in. Excellent. Good. So it's good for you to recognize how you've been receiving already 
and to recognize, hey, I'm in communication and I'm receiving these waves, but oh, I'm also getting into a smell of something. Oh, I didn't know I could do that. And that's just because that's opening to you too. So awesome. Yeah. So we go Some of it is also um, like a synchronicity where there is no thought. It just is. You know what I mean? Yes, yes Like I I'm do. at the store. Yeah, I, j- I just know what to get type of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. So good to know that. All right. Okay. So here in bold, let the sense of meaning unfold by itself. Don't analyze, evaluate, or criticize. Remain innocent and non-judgmental. Accept what you get and acknowledge the communication. If in doubt, relax and ask again, but don't keep doubting and refusing to accept the communication impression or you build your own walls. Be willing to take risks. Don't be afraid to acknowledge whatever communication you get. Don't worry about what other people will think or even what you will think. Here's the thing. When we start judging or thinking about, or worrying, worry is a judgment, it's a self-judgment typically, mm. um, that about the information we heard, and we feel not so brave to relay out loud to the person what we feel we got or what we feel we knew, then you're letting your mind run the show. When you let your mind run the show, you step out of authentic communication, and you step away from doing the gift of honoring that animal. You know, they know your skill level. They know if you're a beginner or, you know, you know you've been doing this for a few years. They are generally not going to give you more than you can handle. They might push, your, push the envelope a bit and be like, oh, my God, I got somebody who's willing to listen to me. Here's my whole story. And you might only get pieces of it, and that's awesome. You know what? Okay. You did more for that animal and relaying pieces than maybe any person has ever done for them because you're the first one to ever communicate with them telepathically. And they're mm. so relieved because, oh, my God, somebody got pieces of me or pieces of my story. She may not have gotten everything, but, boy, she got me. Okay? Nice. Yeah, it is. Because I get <laughs> students that say, especially in a class setting where they watch each other, relay information, and they, they'll even say in class, you know, she's getting way more information than I am. I'm only getting pictures. But she's getting, like, a whole story. I really want that. And, and I, I stop them. It's like, okay. You're all apples and oranges and lemons and bananas. You're all, in other words, unique and in your own place. If you start comparing yourself to another, that's because your mind is coming in and judging you. You're letting your Mm. ego now, your mind, run the show. And that's cool Mm. if you want to head down that road. You know, honestly, I I love you all, so yay, whatever life experience you want to have is cool with me. But if you really want to get this work, you've got to catch that and nip it in the bud and say, oh, I'm not going to do that to myself and give whatever you get and know that you're going to snowball from there and your own abilities are going to continue to expand, but not at the rate of everybody else around you. You've got to let go of that idea or that desire. Okay. All right. So our assignment during this session, so your assignment. So let me ask one more question. Is okay. it also where um, you could say something to an animal, you don't get any response, but you see how their behavior has changed? You know what I mean? Like I'll say this. Behavior changes is often a really nice bit of feedback or confirmation for you that you got something about their concept or their their you know idea. Now you might be like, but I didn't get anything. Okay, and you know what? The meanwhile, the animal's like, wow, there was somebody willing to hold space for me to hear me get this off my chest. And sometimes we just need to say things to strangers who don't get us at all or don't get what we're Uh saying. And Uh we just need it said 
and then it's like, oh, my God, I feel so much better now. I can relax. And the animal's often in that space, too. Yes. Um, okay. What you'll find more often, though, is you will get bits of information versus getting nothing, and the animal will shift. Shifting of animals, behavior afterwards, if the animal desires. Now, here's the thing. Animals are just like people. Some of them are stubborn, just like us, and some of them, you know, really want to please their people and will do almost anything and everything to shift and change. And others are like, nope, I'm not changing not changing at all, but I might consider <laughs> doing that for you. So um, don't rely on the point of view that, okay, the animal changed, that means I understood them correctly. Oh, they didn't change, that means I didn't understand them at all. Oh, no, you might have uh-huh. got them uh-huh. totally, but <laughs> they still didn't want yeah. to change. Yeah, and I usually do preface it with, would you consider this or compromise or something, you know, with it. So I, it's not like I want to control. It's like, hear me out type of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. And that's a wonderful approach, Andy. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. So your assignment, and this is the biggest thing I'm going to encourage you to keep in the back of your mind every time we work together and when you work with other people, when you feel mm-hmm. ready to do that, is be willing to say anything and everything, even if it's not all the picture and you can sense, I don't have everything here, but I'm going to relay what I get. And even if the person can't give you confirmation or feedback or is like, huh, I don't know what that means, that's okay. Because if you're willing to step outside your comfort zone and just say it, the animal recognizes that you're doing your best to honor them, and they're often so appreciative. And the universe sees, oh, she's willing to step outside her shell and to relay something that maybe she doesn't know an awful lot about. I, the universe, am going to start to bring to her through the law of attraction information on that bit that she got that she doesn't know a lot about. Her animal, for example, that animal starts talking about past lives. And maybe that you, let's pretend there was a time I didn't know much about past lives either, at all. I was grown up, I was raised Catholic. I wasn't supposed to believe in past lives. And then mm-hmm. I started getting past life information from the animal. It was like, oh, I need to rethink my beliefs on this. And the universe automatically, through coincidences and synchronicities, started bringing me information that I required at that time on past lives. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. okay? You're going to be exposed to whatever you need to know as time unveils. Don't think you have to be a constant researcher, researcher, researcher in order to be good at this work. You don't. And in those moments when you do need to research something like, you know, horse anatomy or horse bones and how they're put together to get a sense of why the horse feels back pain in this particular location over that one, you'll know. Okay? Okay? Uh Number eight, practice with a wide variety of animals in various situations. Step back from your normal routine and expectations and be willing to learn and discover. So our job is to listen, and that's what we're going to move into now. So do you have any questions? Because we're going to be working with Lyra the cat next. Okay. Nope, I think I'm good. All right. So whenever I do a session with an animal, I know that there's something very powerful in writing down the information. So with your pen and paper, I'm going to give you some basic info on Lyra. Because by writing it down, you're telling the universe, hey, I'm communicating with this animal who looks like this, who goes by this name. So Lyra, L-Y-R-A. Spelling is often important because different spellings have different vibrations to them. She Uh is a a five-and-a-half-year-old female, spade, Uh black, short-haired cat. She's living. 
And I will give you that she's living here with me in Colorado. She lives with me. I like to know other people and other animals, the animals living with, in case they bring it up in conversation. I don't have to waste the time in asking a whole bunch of questions of the animal. I just kind of know or ask the owner. She lives with me. She lives with one other human, my fiancé, Brandon. She also lives with three other cats, uh, three owned dogs, three small owned dogs, plus one small foster dog we've got right now, two turtles, one guinea pig. Oh, wow. I want to live there. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a pretty harmonious environment overall. (laughs) Cool. So um, you've got that. What was the last thing? Is that guinea pig? Yep. One guinea pig. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you've got all you need that helps you communicate with her. And I sent you a photograph, so you've got that. If you don't have to happen, happen to have it up, you can use yes, the description of her. Uh-huh. So here's what we're going to do and not do. We're not going to do an act of communication with her if it turns into the awesome and we can go with it. But I want to do a practicing feeling energy exercise because telepathy is all about feeling energy. If you can feel energy, you can feel the energy of concepts and ideas that they're relaying, no matter how the channel or mode of it gets communicated to you. So. Let's begin by, go ahead and put your pen and paper down, close Mm -hmm. your eyes, take a deep breath, and feel your own energy for a few seconds to center yourself, and let me know when you feel that. Okay. Cool. Now, you know that Lyra exists and that she's living, and all beings just like yourself have an energy field around them, and yes, it does go into their bodies as well because you just sense your own energy within your body. So now I want you to shift your focus and make it your intention to sense Lyra's energy within and around her body, and let me know when you feel that. want you to deepen that feeling. The easiest way of doing that is to take a deep breath within yourself and allow the energy of Lyra to immerse you, to be all around you. Within Lyra's energy field is all the information about her, everything she's ever thought in the past or thinks about in present time, all her past experiences, etc. Everything is encompassed there. So this is a way of receiving or gleaning information from Lyra without actually communicating directly with her. Now, she's done this exercise many times with students, so I can tell right now she's very aware of you and me working with her in this way. And she shows me herself sitting off to the side like she's going to do her best not to tell you so that you can (laughs) glean it yourself by feeling. So allow her to help you in this way. Let her sit on that shelf back a ways, okay? So within Mm -hmm. the energy field, Andy... I want you to sense her personality. And as you sense it, tell me or describe to me what you're noticing. And I'm going to jot it down. So just keep on giving me a list. Okay. Um, She's very sure of herself. She's very bright, very attuned to her surroundings, Quite wise. Excellent. 
Okay, so next bit of information I want you to glean from her energy field. Get a sense of how she is with me, her person. <laughs> she she lets she lets you know who's boss. <laughs> She tells you what her needs are, and basically that's it. She'll let you know when she wants you. Very good, and this is all accurate. Okay, good. Really? And wow. Yes, it is. Okay. Cool. Now, I want to just stay, stay in her feeling and just listen to me in the background. She is indeed sure of herself personality-wise. She indeed is very bright. She's very wise. She's a very smart individual. Animals, of course, are on all, just like humans, on all ends of the spectrum when it comes to wisdom or intelligence. You can have simple-minded. You can have very wise and everything in between. So she's on the brighter end. Good. She is indeed attuned to her surroundings. Excellent. Now, within her energy field, go ahead and discover her favorite activities. Oh, here's where I'll doubt myself, so I'm going to put that aside and and just say what came to my head was she's got a little toy mouse that she likes to toss around or something with catnip in it. Yes, that is correct. And take that and go back. What else is She's there? good. <laughs> um, well, she she enjoys watching the guinea pig and you said a turtle or something? Yes. Okay, she does watch them. Good, that's accurate. And favorite toys? Favorite toy. Does she have one of those things on a string that she likes to bounce around? Indeed, and that's her most favorite toy in the house. It's got wow. a feather at the end. It's a wand toy, like a fishing pole toy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Favorite thing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. All right. So favorite lay-down places or resting spots in the house? Well, there's a specific corner that she likes to go into. Good. Um, Not exactly sure. It's tiled? Okay, okay. I have tile here in the kitchen, dining room. Good. Oh, and in the bathrooms. And she does have a corner where, yes, she will sometimes lay down. Good. Okay. And then I see her up high. Good. I want you to... Pretend that you have the ability to tune in more, because you do, into the getting up high. I want you to kind of dive into the energy of getting up high and see what else unfolds for you there. Do you, do you have your, you know how, boy, how do they have it? Um, some people set up not just a shelf, like you said, but a whole upper level for cats to go from one place to another. Do you have that yeah. set up? I do. I have shelves on my wall in the bedroom, and it's for the cats only. There's no objects on there. Right. Yep. Yes, I have that. Good. I I sent you thinking now, so I'm going to... Yeah, I am. I was picturing something, and I'm like, no, why would she have a drop-down ceiling? (laughs) 
Oh, it's because the higher she goes, you know, the ceiling gets closer. Oh, okay. So I want to invite you not to think, now how do you do okay. that? No problem. I take a deep breath. Center. Go back yeah. to your center and allow her energy to immerse you again. And now go ahead and discover how does she feel about the little tan chihuahua, who's mine, my dog, named Tyler. It's a pest. Okay. Dive into that concept more and see what else unfolds there. What else is there around that idea? Well, the chihuahua likes to, wants to be play, like play buddies, and, and she sometimes just doesn't want to be bothered. Okay. Now dive in deeper into that information. Who does the dog want to be play buddies with, her or me or somebody else? I'm getting in my head again. Let me breath and take a breath. And there's one of the other dogs. Okay, okay, that that is accurate too. Good. So she'll she, she I didn't know where she was going to lead you, whether it be to me or the other dogs, because she he doesn't play with the cat at all. Okay, and she doesn't want him to play with him. Oh. Okay, good. Now, what is it exactly about when he's playing? that she that kind of irks her or annoys her dive into that concept oh boy i'm i'm in my head again um, okay, good to know that. And this is going to happen on and off. And this is how you repattern yourself by be like, oh, I'm there again. And now I know what to do to step out of it. Because yeah. here's the cool thing, Andy. Unless we know that we're having an issue and what that issue is, we can't always step out of it. But now you know what the issue is. And this is all beginners do this. this yeah, and this is good because I didn't think of this when I'm like at home trying to communicate or here. I shouldn't say uh-huh. communicate. When I'm trying to receive. So this will this will be really good because I do go back into my head after I'm finished. And, uh-huh. yep. and I know that I'm chattering in my brain. So, okay. Um, I, well, I get two things. It's one, it's like a jealousy, and two, it's you're disturbing my rest time. Okay. She does have mild jealousy every now and then, moments of it. She doesn't walk around the house being totally jealous, but yes, no, that makes sense no. to me. Good. Um, distur- she doesn't like to be disturbed, yes. And it's because how is he moving that disturbs her? Dive into that. <laughs> I, I see him, like, flying around the floor like yeah. chasing something. Get out of here. Wow. Yeah. They're good, though. Like you have them his... well-trained. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't care for his mobility, his yeah. all over the place, the Superman yeah. flying, as she's described it to me in the past, or the bounciness that he does. Yeah. <laughs> okay, awesome. Now I'm going to have you dive, so take a deep breath, get back there. And now what is her big concern about why he's moving like this? Why, why is she concerned about that? Well, she thinks he's going to bump into her, and, and yeah. um, that's m- mostly what I get. Not yeah, get hurt, but just bump into her. Yeah. Yeah. That's why she likes to go in her corner. Like bump into. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is the same cat I was telling you before that, you know, when I pet her, when she's laying in her, her elevated cat tree there, um, uh-huh. she feels like there's a wall behind her back, and it is, and she feels uh-huh. kind of threatened. And, she, you know, she's just getting triggered from old past stuff, and, uh-huh. you know, that's when she'll reach out and scratch or bite me. Okay? Uh-huh. So she does not like to be bumped into. Very good. Mm. Now, if you were to say that to me about one of the other cats in my house, I'd be like, no, it doesn't fit them, but boy, it fits Lyra. Now, I want you to look at what we just did there. You got a bit of information from our energy field, and then I invited you to dive deeper so that you can unravel more of the story, okay, about why that's Mm. that way it is. What a lot of communicators do in the beginning, because they're not taught otherwise, is they ask, question and they get an answer and then it's like okay move on to the next question you know or they right. feel incomplete like wow I, there's got to be more animal than that that you gave me well how do you access that well if you're just sensing their energy okay or the energy of a situation in life that doesn't even involve animals how do you do it you do it via this method i'm teaching you right now you get the piece of information and then it's kind of like you gently dive into it more to see what else is there. And then you dive further, and what else is there? It's kind of like taking yourself to a deeper and deeper level. You're unraveling more of the picture. Right. Oh, I like that. That's yeah. so good. Wow, that's great. I like that. Yes, and wow. look how accurate you are. You're like, you've been accurate. I like, I think just about everything so far. Awesome. Well, well, but, I mean, she knows what her job is. <laughs> Okay, here's the Although cool you thing. you tell her not to give me any hints. <laughs> oh my yeah, she wow. is very good at her job, but you know what? Yeah. You're also very good at doing your role, too. It wow. takes two to tango. It takes two to talk. It takes wow. two to sense energy if both beings in, the, in that moment are interested in perceiving the energy. Now, you can use this anywhere else in your life. You know, we're on a spiritual journey here of talking with animals, but you know, this is going to affect, have ripple effect everywhere and everywhere else in your life. If you have a situation that you want more insight on, you know, maybe you had a disagreement with somebody in your past, you know, you can go back to that time period and be like, huh, I'm going to sense the energy of that situation. Okay, I know how I felt there, and how did that person feel? Oh, okay. And you're not telepathing with that that person in that moment. You're just sensing the energy of what was present and diving deeper to discover more. This is an unfolding. And do you see how you're not really reaching? You're just going there and becoming present. And it unveils itself to you. Yeah, this is good. Because usually I get, when I was doing it before this, I would get more frantic as opposed to, wait, let me center myself again type of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Oh, oh, (laughs) I can't wait to go home and do it again. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Very good. So uh, since Lyra was uh, aware of this, let's go ahead and thank her for holding the space for you to work. I always like to thank the animals after. And just take a deep breath and just reorient yourself to just you. You can let go of her energy. So for you during this week, now you know you've got access to that homework page if you're wanting Uh to do that. It's optional. I have some students that do it in the one-on-one and others that are like, I don't want to do that. Do whatever feels good. If you want to do it, great. Uh If not, that's fine too. But what I would encourage you to definitely practice this week is the idea of sensing energy. So you had mentioned I'm excited to practice this. So yes, practice with your own pets. Start out first, though, by sensing you to get you uh-huh. to square one, to square you away, and then sense them. And if you feel like, wow, I'm really sensing my, my own pet very well, 
don't get caught up in that, well, I know lots of information about my pet, so that's probably why I'm sensing this about them and that about them. Don't worry about that. Your job is just to perceive energy. Perceive whatever comes through. Just know okay. that your practicing of perception is what we're after, not the content. Uh-huh. Okay. Great. So wow, see if this you can good. Do that throughout the week. Yeah, and then when we touch base again next week and we continue on with our learning, anything that throughout the week that you discover that comes up for you, either questions that you want to ask me for you know, the start of next class, write those down, uh-huh. put it on the fridge or something so you remember to ask. Anything that's really cool, jot down a little note to yourself so that you can share that experience with me. Um, okay. Because I'm going to want to know where you're at throughout the week, and that's going to help Okay. You. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Great. Any questions before we close? Now I'm excited. <laughs> yay, yay. Oh, I was so nervous. I said, "Oh my God, I'm going to stink at this." And that was, although she's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, she's very willing nice. to work with students, and yeah, she very likes willing this role to step that you gave comfort her. Zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yay. That's the kind of students uh, that I like working with. <laughs> All right, uh, you good. have a great week, Andy. Give me 48 hours to get this uh, recording to you via email. Oh, sure. Um, may okay. not take that long, but at least 48 hours. And that way, if you want to re-listen to it throughout the week, great. And if not, that's okay, too. Okay? Okay. Perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. right. Bye-bye. Yes. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.